Good morning on this Monday morning. Welcome to our devotional, Golden Nuggets, Food for Thought and for the Imagination. Yesterday we left off, if you joined us, in the book of Colossians in chapter 3, verse 10, where we talked about putting on the new man. The new man, which is renewed in the knowledge after the image of him that created him. We have been, if when we come to Christ, we have been going through a process of being renewed in the knowledge of Jesus. And I say being renewed in the knowledge of Jesus because we couldn't have known him apart from having been born again. Apart from having been quickened and been brought back to life in our spirit, there is no way that we could have communion, contact, fellowship, true worship of the Spirit, faith, and all that proceeds and flows out of the human spirit. We're given faith to be able to access and touch God because the five senses cannot do it. Reasoning cannot do it. Emotions cannot do it. But it is the inward man, the inner man, that was dead unto, dead unto God is imparted the faith of God and made alive. And then, it's not of us, but it's totally and completely of Him. For by grace are you saved through faith. That not of yourselves, for it is the gift of God. We're given the gift of faith at that instance to be able to believe. Because remember, we were dead unto God, separated from the life of Christ, and all of a sudden we're made alive. So we begin to have a knowledge of God that is not learned from a book, that is not taught from a pulpit, but that is learned by communion and fellowship with Him. As we spend time in the Word of God, as we spend time in prayer, time in fasting, time in meditating, time developing our our human spirit, in other words, growing, uh, as I've mentioned before, as as babes desire the sincere milk of God. Now, Paul ran into a problem with the Corinthians. And it's very important for us to understand the situation that they were in. The Corinthians had every single gift of the Spirit working in them. All of chapter 12 identifies this. And Paul goes to expound on it all the way to chapter 14. They were not lacking one single gift. But yet in chapter 3 of the book of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, when he introduces the subject, he says, I couldn't speak unto you as mature men or as mature or as strong individuals. I had to speak unto you even as babes, as little babies, because you are carnal as long as you're still fighting amongst yourself and there's strife and there's bitterness and there's all thing, these things going on, you're demonstrating that you are a carnal Christian. You're still walking according to the old ways of the soul and of the flesh. Remember, strife and wrath and contention, all of these are works of the flesh. Well, for them to be manifested, the soul has got to give them permission as the, as the soul yields to the desires of the flesh. But when we're walking in the Spirit, 
then, then the things that we do are different. We yield to meekness, to peace. We yield to love and we yield to the things that are of the Spirit of God. So the knowledge that we gain of God is not the knowledge that we hear from someone, but it is the knowledge that we gain from what we hear, the Holy Spirit, Jesus himself, God the Father, speaking to our heart and our spirit. Now, this can be vividly seen in the scripture, uh, in the life of Peter, when Jesus asked them, uh, who do the who do the people say that the Son of Man is? And they they began to say one to another, "Well, you know, he's he's a prophet." Uh, uh, some even said, "Well, he's Elijah already come back," and some said this, some said that. And then Jesus said, "But who do you say that I am?" And Peter blurted out, "You're the Son of the Living God. You're the Messiah." All of a sudden, Jesus turns around to him and says, Peter, flesh and blood did not reveal this. You were not taught this by man. You were not explained this in some natural way by someone in your reasoning abilities and capacities. But you understood and had knowledge of who I am because the Heavenly Father revealed it to you. He revealed who I am, and that's how you were able to speak. Your 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 flesh, your mouth, the members of your physical body. They didn't receive the revelation. It was your spirit and your soul yielded to that revelation instantly and told your body to submit so the tongue and the mind and the emotions, and the will, all the reasoning facilities and everything, just blurted it out because it came from deep within his spirit. And all of a sudden, Peter, you know, it was like, wow, you know, what, what did I just do there? What, what did I just say? And then Jesus begins to explain to them how he must be crucified and how he must suffer many things from the individuals of the of the Pharisees and Sadducees and the scribes and you know the religious sect of the uh, the religious sector of, of the of Judaism, and Peter turns right around and he says, "No, Lord!" and 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 Peter rebukes him. This thing cannot be. You know, uh, basically, he was almost saying, "I will not allow it. I'll go and die for you. I'll fight for you, but I'm not going to permit this thing to be." Jesus turns around and rebukes, not Peter, but Satan, who has just influenced Peter's mind and set this thought in him of no, of what he said. And Jesus says unto Satan, you only desire the things of man. You know, you don't seek the things of God, but you seek the things of man. In other words, in that small little time frame, that little small space of time, Peter went from having received a profound revelation in his spirit and speaking and reasoning uh, instantly from what he received through his spirit and speaking it forth through his flesh, 
And just a minute or so later, or less, whatever it took, he is under the influence of the enemy, under the influence of the lies of Satan. And all of a sudden, what happened here? Was he possessed? No. But he allowed the very same soul that was an instrument of his spirit that had received the revelation, he allowed the soul, the reasoning capacities, he allowed the mind, the thinking capacities, he allowed the emotions and his will to submit to that thought. He believed it. Therefore, he spoke it out. See, but that that was not something that he learned. Uh, that was something that his, his five senses and his uh, ability to, to be able to think, not from a book, but from what he had seen, what was going on, what he believed uh, to be true, according to the eyesight, he believed that and he allowed his mind to be influenced, yielded to the thought that came externally. It didn't come from inside his spirit, like the uh, inward man uh, releasing the, the, the revelation to, to the soul and, and, and it being, being brought forth uh, through the spoken word. But he believed the lie that externally was shot into his mind as a dart, as a flaming arrow, and he blurted out what he blurted out, and of course he was rebuked for it. Now this is important for us to understand because this happens a little later down the line, and the scripture says in the book of Luke in chapter 9, verse 55, uh, if you've read the story, where two of his uh, disciples, James and John, rebuke uh, Jesus per se uh, or, or, or want to correct him in that Jesus wanted to go to Jerusalem. You know, he tells them, look, I've got to go do this or do that. And uh, they, they, they see that the Samaritan people are not wanting to receive him uh, in the process because they had to go through Samaria. And these two, all of a sudden, are inflamed in their spirit and in their in their soul, where they're enraged because hey, you know they're they're rejecting Christ or they're not permitting us to uh, minister them, whatever the, the the reasons are explained in the story, and Jesus turns around in verse fifty five of Luke chapter nine, and he turned and rebuked them, and said, "You know not." What manner of spirit you are of. Now, in this case, think of the influence of the enemy influencing the mind. Their, their human spirit is supposed to be in contact or supposed to be communicating with God. Remember, they may be uh, individuals that have been following Christ they have not had the experience of being filled with the Holy Spirit yet. So there's two things that come out of this. Their spirit can come under the influence, once again, of a thought that the enemy plants, and that thought can be something that also uh, be in the mind of the individual, 
through the process of the emotions. They were so enraged, they allowed their soul to become emotional. And it was, uh, it could have been anything from hatred to wrath to whatever. It's a work of the flesh. And they allowed that to affect them and influence them to the point that say, Lord, you want us to call fire down? You know, you want us to burn them up uh, all of a sudden? What should have been done to the glory of God. You know, they thought maybe they were Elijah when they were coming for him. And he called fire down twice on those 50 men and 50 died and then 50 more died. And the third group of 50 soldiers, when they came, they humbled themselves. They didn't want to die. Well, they may not have been able to call fire down, but they demonstrated the spirit that they were of. And that includes the spirit of their mind. Now, I had made mention in one of the previous messages where we talked about being renewed in the spirit of your mind. That is from the book of Ephesians in chapter number 4, where it talks about it in verse number 23. Now, notice the wording. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind mind. Why the spirit of your mind? Because a spiritual influence is what affects the physical or what we would call the soul of man. The union between flesh, blood, or in in that case it was a, a, a clay, flesh, blood, and living spirit wound up with a living soul. So there is the spirit of the mind, which is influenced by the enemy and is influenced by our spirit. So it has to be renewed, the spirit in, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. If you have to understand that the devil does not access He does not have access to reading our mind, but he does have access to shooting thoughts into it and influencing it. So that's why it says in verse 24, right after that, and put on the new man. Let the new man, the inward man, be the one that influences the mind. Put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. And when we do that, then we can enter in the battle. What battle? The one that we had mentioned yesterday. For even though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Uh, For the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal. They're not natural. They're not of the soul. But they're mighty through God to the pulling down of the strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge, the knowledge, the knowledge, the knowledge, the knowledge, the knowledge of God is what is being affected. And where did we wind up reading that about the knowledge of God? We read it that when we come to Christ, and we put on the new man, he is created, according to Colossians 3.10, he is created and renewed in the knowledge after the image of him who created him, which is Christ Jesus, which is our God. 
Well, we run out of time. Join us on Tuesday as we continue. But until then, the Lord richly and fully bless you. Keep looking up. Our redemption draweth near. Consider that food for thought and for the imagination. Amen.